This episode of the Horse Feed UK podcast has been brought to you by Horsefest, the UK's first ever equestrian festival. You can check them out online at horsefest.org. Weekend and day tickets are on sale now. Hello, baby. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 25 of the Horse Feed UK podcast. We've got a fun-packed show for you this time. Up first, we're chatting to Thea and Heidi. They are the co-founders of the UK's first ever equestrian festival, Horsefest. After that, we're joined by Katie, who is the owner of the Equestrian Business Awards. This is something that you guys can get involved with to say thank you to all those small equestrian businesses that have supported us over this tough year. After that, we're joined by Maddie, who's bringing you another top tip from the dressage coach. As always, we love to know what you think of this episode. So don't forget to add us on Instagram and check out the website, thehorsefeeduk.co.uk. Hi. Hi. So it's me and Amy back again, actually on Mothering Sunday for our little catch Yeah, yeah. We've no kids, have we, babe? So. I've got three fantastic children. What are you on about? Fair babies. <laughs> yeah, the best kind of babies. When they annoy you, you lock them in the stable and leave. <laughs> Did they get you anything nice for Mother's Day, though? Um, Let me think. Grandy uh, slapped all along his wall. Paddy no. waited until I'd packed everything away after skipping out, after mucking out and then looked me in the eye as she did yet another turd and Harmony got urged in her ear. What did no. Cyril give you? Oh, don't. Let's not talk about that. Cyril took umbrage at the very cold holes and then threw himself on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. He's fine, he's fine. I went back up and we had a bit of a lunch and had a little sit on and he was all right. But yeah. yeah. Nearly saddle time. Nearly saddle time. I know, yeah, I was just about to say. Still no saddle, but um, yeah, I've, um, I'm going to be contacting this week. So yeah, fingers crossed for that. So Amy Bolin, what updates have we got for this fortnight? You said you had some. I do, but why are you full naming me? <laughs> Get it out there. It's it's like names. a <laughs> What is just now? So... <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a few bits. So we've obviously the equine herpes virus has had a bit of an outbreak. It started in Valencia. I'm sure uh, everyone is aware of that. Probably more though, so than COVID, really, to be honest. Because let's face it, when it comes to our health, we're not really that bothered. When it comes to the horse's health, it's like, ah, all hands on I deck. Know. I know, herpes, <laughs> it doesn't sound good in any context. No, I mean, there is vaccination, but there's a lot of misleading information for it the incubation period is quite long I think as well so it's definitely something that we need to be aware of however realistic should we be traveling to other yards during a lockdown because we're still in one although several thousand people seem to think not probably not no we shouldn't really be going to other yards unless it's essential should we be traveling horses again probably not no unless it's essential so realistically in my opinion it should be be quite contained i mean these people that um have been to valencia obviously it's their livelihood that we're looking at so yeah, competition horses are not, yeah it's not as if it's broken out let's say 
at an auction or at a show where you don't know who's passed through, we know exactly who's in. So hopefully those people are going to be very, very on it. I know there's still some that are quarantined at the minute and being checked. And they'll get the best care. So, yeah, it's scary, but we've been through this kind of thing before. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago, the whole flu outbreak that we had. Yeah. Just have to be extra careful, extra vigilant, disinfect, and keep washing our hands. That's the motto. Yeah, it is. And then, the so that's the doom and gloom. The British Horse Society have released a new app. Oh. I think this is a good one for everyone. It makes it easier to report any incidents on the road you have ah right because i have seen sort of quite a bit on on facebook and stuff like that yes. you know all about the roads and road safety and stuff and that's a really really good idea right okay and it's free so the i, I would say to anyone really if you're planning on going out hacking even if you're not it's a good thing to have in case you see something because the more people that can report and make valid reports yeah, I think the quicker something will be done about it because I mean we've been out hacking, and our ponies are generally really good on the roads. But you just never know. You, I would never ever describe any horse as a hundred percent bomb-proof because let's face it, we can all jump at something. Yeah, it's it's a really difficult one. I'm hoping that they're sort of trying to get more evidence together with in regard to the incidents to lobby the government maybe to introduce some more legislation because I know yeah. you as a motorist who's a cyclist it's 100% your fault um it, you know it doesn't matter what that cyclist has done on the road if you've not sort of gone past them cautiously enough and you know and I think that's a that's you know so everybody's very very careful when we're passing cyclists any motorist I know I know that you know I certainly am because obviously I'm very aware that that's that's the way it goes and that if I hit that cyclist and it's completely on me and obviously yeah. it's a bit harder because a horse is a living breathing creature but almost more so accidents can happen and you you know they're good and bad everywhere like I find um motorbike people absolutely amazing when I've been at hacking it's usually yeah. been sort of car people that are you know they get a bad name but I think it's car people that tend to be worse um, and maybe if they did if the law was changed and it was put the same as a cyclist whereby if you touch that horse if that, you're involved in an incident with a horse then the onus is going to come down on you because there's been like a lot of hit and runs and stuff like that which I think is yeah. terrible yeah that's terrible cool. There just isn't, doesn't seem to be enough being done. But then, I mean, I think about how I've never reported anything. But then I think about how many times that I've been out and one of the routes that I go down has got a really, really uh, humpback bridge with two blind bends and they will overtake you on top of that bridge. Oh, yeah. Not good. But I've never reported it. So if you think about how many times where something like that happens and all right, there's not a bad outcome and nothing actually happens, but it's just downright dangerous yeah if we started reporting those yeah then eventually something would have to be done and there are a lot of we need to do a review actually i do think we put the call out before but we'll put it out again review for sort of hat cams because there are some cheap ones as well and i think even if That's i've noticed one. yes and when i've worn one out in the past when they realize that you've got a hat come on they are much more cautious because obviously when you're managing the horse and stuff and like you do have an incident although albeit you know a, a what do they call it? A close call, like the ones yeah. you said. You'd be sort of worrying about your horse and keeping that safe and as much into the size you can to even think about getting the registration number. And in yeah. a car, it usually happens so fast. Whereas I think, yeah, if we had 
cameras and then you could go back and view the footage and have evidence and stuff like that afterwards. Like you say, how much was yours, Amy? Amy, I know it wasn't a GoPro. Or anything. I, I think it was only about 40 odd quid. I got it yeah. off Amazon. In fact, I've got the box here. Now, this is not a review, and in honesty, you can get far better, and I do have many, many arguments with it, but it does the job. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a Casso one, and I think I got it off Amazon. It's got a little remote control, waterproof case. Um, yeah. And it does the job. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need. In fact, I used it once when I went to the beach and I fiddled around with it on the head cam attachment thingy and it dropped and fell forward. So there's a lovely shot of me galloping down the beach but zoomed in on my face. <laughs> I quickly deleted that one. Oh, dear. It fails. <laughs> So on today's show, we've got, um, we're chatting to Thea and Heidi from um, Horse Fest. Sounds yeah. amazing, you know. I'm really sort of excited and thinking I'm going to be booking some tickets. I think it's the 23rd to the 25th of July. It, there's got some amazing people. So yeah, we've got that coming up. And then we're also chatting to Katie from the Equestrian Business Awards. Um, you've nominated, haven't you? Have I nominated Oakfield, who we've mentioned on the last show, actually, our local tax store. So yeah, I'm getting behind them because they're a family business yeah so i want to see them do well it is so, it's nice it's aimed at small businesses yeah so yeah but you've still got time to get your nominations in i think i think it's the first i think we've got about just over two weeks left ah right okay i know it's because i'm like obsessively counting down the days to get out as right. you're left. <laughs> <laughs> when does lockdown restrictions lift in terms of your horsey calendar uh it's looking like the 29th is the planned date for outdoor events to outdoor sporting events to restart? But yeah, um, we're back again. I think on the 29th for episode 26. That'll be like 12 months, pretty much. I think coming up to. Yeah, I will be like an absolute giddy child because it'll be like two days and counting. It's like Christmas for Amy. Glad you're back day. into the diary. I've been adding and changing dates. It's like. Ooh. <laughs> she's so excited <laughs> no, fabulous well up next we've got Thea and Heidi and me and Amy we'll see you on next fortnight show until then yep, take care. bye bye so we've got Thea and Heidi here from Horse Fest they're going to tell us a little bit more about the festival and going to introduce themselves so hi I'm Heidi um, I'm one half of um, the Horse Fest founders and I'm Thea. Uh, yeah, Heidi and I are both friends, but we also worked together previously. And this is our new baby, so to speak, in terms of a business. And we're incredibly excited about it. It sounds absolutely fantastic. As I was just saying to you guys, um, I'm sort of seeing it pop up and it's a little bit of a teaser at the moment. It does sort of make you go on and, and have a look at it. Because like I just said, I've been over to um, Western Park. It's it's a well-known festival ground it was v festival back in back in the day in 2007 that i went to i'm, I'm too old for that now but the thought of <laughs> a horse festival i'm surprised it's not something that's been done before what what made you guys think about it what made you guys come together and want to do it oh yeah good point we, we were surprised that nobody had done it either um uh, but we yeah it was it was an idea that came to us i guess over it, it brewed over quite a period of time so um first of all it started by us thinking about well I'll, I'll go back in time. We went to a uh, a talk, a really good talk, uh, just over twelve months ago, about horses and about confidence when you're when you're a rider, mm -hmm. and we reflected how interesting it was and how there weren't many things like that about. That once you become an adult in the horse world, 
you have to really search out opportunities mm. to learn. Um, I came through ponies as a child, so I was really lucky. I went to pony club and I learned loads of things about how to look after my pony as well as how to ride whilst I was at pony club. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thea and I were having this conversation and she'll tell you uh, in a sec, but she came to horses later and we realised there was nothing like that in the adult horsey world. Mm. Um, so a chance to really learn and, and find out more about horses. The other thing we noticed was that when there were learning opportunities in the horse world, they tend you tended to go and watch um, or go and listen rather than actually take part in it. So you'd go and watch a demo and it'd be really inspirational and fantastic, but there wouldn't be an opportunity necessarily to kind of bring your own problems and find your own solutions. One of our back things about our background is we're both from the world of developing people. So I'm a psychologist and spent lots of time looking at how adults learn and how it, what's good development. Um, and so I guess the, the learning in the horse world and our backgrounds as people developers came together. And that's where the idea of Horsefest started. Yeah. And as Heidi says, I come from a very different learning background in terms of how to look after a horse and and have a horse and ride so I just did a very few riding lessons when I was very young and then there was a really long gap until I could afford to bring my childhood dream um, to the fore and I had enough of my own financial security and we could buy a place with um, a four acre plot it was a bit of a dump with a four acre plot that we did up on all with the dream of having my own horse. So I spent a lot of time before that in the two years running up to buying my first horse, age 39 and three quarters. Um, I spent a lot of time learning about how to look after a horse. and What did I really need to know to be a good horse owner? And as an adult, like Heidi says, you it's more difficult if you don't want to go down the formal um, qualifications route. It is more difficult to, to find interactive, non-judgmental, really sort of inspirational um, ways of learning. And so I guess I represent kind of the older rider that's come to horses a bit later I did my first dressage test at 42 wow. and I first evented at 44 so um <laughs> I was a real late starter when it came to a lot of it so we brought our thoughts together and our different backgrounds together and thought how could we how could we make something that was fun inspirational developmental for all of the leisure riders that are out there no matter what their background and, and experience um, so yeah, that's where the idea came from. That's yeah. amazing, like phenomenal. And I'm 36, and and I'm really fortunate, and I've got some friends that are of a similar age and things like that. But exactly every single point that you've just identified, I didn't come up through Pony Club, and as an adult that you can go to a clinic you can go to a Monty Roberts demonstration but like you say you can't get hands on or if you can it's in a clinic scenario which is you know very small very booked up and yeah very it's, it's so it's so pertinent um and I think to any anybody even if people have ridden sort of all the time from being children it does change as you become an adult the amount of people that I speak to on the show that have you know you return to it as an adult you know you tend people do tend to take a break I think in the late teens early 20s you know life and boys usually get in the way (laughs) it is with a completely different mindset it's not the same as when you were 15 you worry about breaking your back and not being able to pay your mortgage and things like that much more than yeah you do I I think there's more thought goes into it and you want to sort of develop yourself and, and you're riding most definitely 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we, we also combined that desire to learn and, and develop and become better horse people with the fun aspect, hence the festival mm. approach. Because one of the other things we were ch- chatting and laughing about is the fact that when horse people get together, um, the conversation doesn't stop flowing. Mm. You know, it's that situation. You go to a party, you don't know anyone, and someone says the word horse, and you suddenly latch on and realise that they could be your friend for life and eventually are dragged away from the kitchen, kicking and screaming to the one person you've been speaking to for the entire evening. So yeah. we wanted to create that chance to for people to connect and chat horse and just really chill out and enjoy themselves, sit around the fire pit, um, have a have a beer, some nice food and, and talk about the things that they've done during the day. But that in itself is really nice because I think, I don't know if other people find it the same, but I think as an adult as well, like you said, if you hear somebody, me and Amy, who, who co-hosts with me, we made friends exactly through that. We worked actually in a completely unrelated business and we didn't actually get on at first. And then one day she, that I heard horse mentioned and she heard horse <laughs> mentioned and then we became friends. But I think as an adult, again, it's especially at the moment, it's quite hard to make new friends as a grown-up. And so that's a lovely element of it as well, especially sort of coming out of the back of the last 12 months that we've had. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely not wrong Yeah, there. definitely. <laughs> I, I, um, the other thing about um, me coming late to horses, I got really involved in the local riding club because that, for me, was the great access to lots of other like-minded mm-hmm. people. So, again, it, that I've got so many friends now through that that have become you know real forefront of my social life as well as my horse life and yeah you can reach out to each other and support each other because there always seems to be someone in my friendship group who's having a struggle and then the rest lift them up and then it sort of you know cycles around doesn't it there's always one of us with a horse with an injury (laughs) or we've got an injury or (laughs) confidence is up and down that kind of thing so you said uh, you said you've been to Western Park uh, before for V yes. Festival, and we just wanted to say how a, a little bit about mm. the venue because now this is going to be an annual summer event every July. Um, Western Park is the home of Horse Fest, the festival, and we chose Western Park because it's got this incredible heritage, if you like, uh, of amazing music festivals like V Festival. So it's got the festival heritage, but also it's got the international uh, eventing uh, competitions there. So it's got an equestrian heritage as well. So we just thought it was the most incredible bringing together uh, of those two elements. And on top of that, it's just stunning. For those that haven't been there, it's got the most beautiful parkland, you know, the classic English countryside with oak trees and beautiful vistas and a Georgian house. So, it, yeah, it's going to be a full on lovely place to be. I can't say I noticed any of that for V Festival. It was just wood <laughs> and pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I do remember it. Be, and it was quite centrally located as well, if I remember rightly. They, were, they, were, they run two, don't they? Sort of a, a north and a south of the V Festivals. And I remember uh, Western. It's, it's, it's quite, it's a good location for some. Yeah, it's really good. From. Yeah. Yeah, 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 not far from the motorway. Yeah, you know, nice and lovely space around yeah. it. So yeah, it's perfect. Was yeah. that difficult to secure so, that site? You know, that venue sort of going in. Obviously, they do the eventing, but you know, sort of pitching this to them and that sort of thing. What What was their take on it? Well, that was one of the lovely things. They, it's the, right from the very first conversation we had with them. They were so enthusiastic, and um, I think they they 
recognised that it was something that was new to the horse calendar and there was actually a really great opportunity for them to be part of as well as us. And yeah, they've been so positive and so supportive. They're great. Yeah, really good team there. So we feel like it's definitely, you know, Horse, horse Fest will be there for a long time because they're, they're definitely part of the team. It was lovely because one of the directors there, while we were there telling her about the event, she said she was busy with her phone and I couldn't work out what she was doing. And what she was doing was looking back for a, a picture of her first pony to show us. And that that is what horse people are like, you know, want to show each other our horse pictures. So yeah, they were they were just brilliant. And you've got some amazing names involved as well, sort of in your itinerary. How, how, you know, those people coming on board, that looks absolutely fantastic. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, um, yeah, we're just um, so, so excited about the people that are on board and there's more to be announced as wow. well. Um, so we've got some of our heroes and heroines involved. They're all incredible. And we've we've selected people that match the Horsefest values because... We want Horsefest to be a place where uh, it's really inclusive, it's really inspirational, um, you have fun, uh, and it's really energetic. And all of these people epitomise that. And they're all really signed on to the idea that they are going to take their expertise, their experience, and they are going to make that really relatable to our audience. They're often elite in their either as riders or elite experts you know really experienced but they know how to make it as I say relatable and relevant to leisure riders as as well as professional riders so uh, we've got Mary and Emily King yeah absolutely fantastic and they're going to do demonstrations as well as talk so we've got the Kings coming Um, we've got Ben Atkinson from Atkinson's Action Horses so he'll be bringing a team of 12 wow. Liberty Horses yeah absolutely incredible I've got Jay Hallam who's um, he's such a lovely guy so nice um, the show jumper but he's also evented to a high level and he breeds as well uh, we've got John T Evans who is the Irish Olympic eventer and he's well known for uh, crowdfunding to buy and keep the ride on his horse <laughs> art Heidi, should I hand over Go to for you it. for a few um, more? I'll come in with some dressage people. So we've got Steph Croxford, I suppose most famous for, originally famous for Mr. President, her Grand Prix horse. Um, and what's great about Steph is she's, again, another really relatable, very, very down-to-earth person who rides not necessarily conventional dressage horses. Um, so I think a lot of people will relate to her from that point of view. And similarly, Sam Turner, who is, was famous for, or is famous for Billy Wiz who's a gypsy cob, a 14-hand gypsy cob, who she competed at Grand Prix level as well. And um, Sam's also a biomechanics uh, trainer as well. So I think both of those people have got really great stories to tell about how you you don't have to pay hundreds of thousands of pounds for a horse. You can actually make the best of whatever horse you're able to have and you can succeed and achieve your goals. So fabulous to, to speak with them. And like as, as with all of the people, they'll be both demoing and there'll be chances to ask them questions and talk to them. And then we've got Charlie Unwin, who's a performance psychologist. So he's worked um, in the with the British equestrian teams uh, for for many years and is quite well known for his uh, ability to help people develop their their confidence and their psychology so they can perform at their best. Uh, and Jason Webb, who's a, a horse trainer and behaviourist, uh, he's again well known for uh, starting horses, starting a lot of famous people's horses, uh, and also ridden a lot of horses that other people would 
deemed to be unrideable, I believe. Yeah. Fun around the fire pit, for sure. <laughs> um, and what, what we're, I'm, because I'm a psychologist, I'm really excited about Charlie and Jason doing a, um, a performance or a, a demonstration together where um, they'll be with some demo riders. They'll be looking at how the psychology of the rider interacts with the psychology of the horse. And so that's called Meeting of the Minds. I'm really yeah. excited about how that will play out. We've got the wonderful Gillian Higgins from Horses Inside Out. So people probably know them colloquially as the painted yes. horse people. So yeah, just amazing. So we're going to have um, a really chilled out horse that she's going to wow. paint on each of the days. <laughs> they can't be too twitchy or tickly. Mm. Um, so she will she'll paint the um, muscular skeleto. Mm-hmm picture on the side of the horse and then she'll do <laughs> says the says the lay person and then she'll do you know she'll talk people through it make sense of it so that you really understand what's happening with your horses um and then the most recent announcement is Lydia Hayward who's she is a two-star eventer at the moment but she has um a goal to be an Olympic eventer for Jamaica oh, wow. Um, and she's done lots of work with Ebony Riding Club, who are an inner city mm-hmm. riding club in Brixton, yeah. just outside London. And she mentors lots of young riders as well. So she's going to come and, and tell us a bit about her journey and, and uh, help people understand about starting horses because she um, has done everything with home produced horses. Oh, wow. It's, it's phenomenal. So good. And yes, yeah, so, so diverse. Um, it might be worth us telling you just a little bit, maybe Heidi touching on why Horsefest is different to lots of other events and the, the venues that we've got. Mm, definitely. I'm curious how, just obviously the scale of Western Park, um, I just don't even know there's a succinct way of even asking the question, because it's, it's, it's such, <laughs> so big, sort of, how, how's the format, how will it run? Yeah, how do people access everything? How, you know, what's that going to be like? Yeah, no worries. Well, there, it is huge it's a thousand acres um year one we won't be using the whole of those a thousand acres um, <laughs> but what it does mean is we've got lots of space we don't have to be cramped in any way shape or form so w- what we're trying to do is create a, a lots of variety for people so we'll have a main arena where they can watch demos um, so all of those people that we've talked about most of those people we've talked about will be doing something in the main arena plus some others um, who are yes yet to be announced so that's about watching being inspired etc we're going to have a big venue for people to do talks, Q&As, interviews. Uh, so, again, those people that we've, um, we've mentioned already are, are ones that are going to draw in quite big crowds. So opportunity to ask some questions, to hear their story, mm-hmm. to find out more about them. And then we'll have lots of different uh, smaller workshops. So workshop venues, maybe 40 or 50 people where you with six of the, probably about six different subjects at any one time being talked about and explored. So the opportunity for people to go and ask questions and really it's quite an immersive kind of learning experience. We want people to bring their own questions and go away with answers so they can do things you know, differently or they can adapt how they do things. Oh, and obviously, yes, Gillian as well will have her own, um, her very own venue for the whole time, the whole of the two <laughs> days where she'll be painting her horses and just chatting to people as well as they pass about what, what it is she's, she's painting and, yeah. and bits of the details about physiology and stuff. So, yeah, I think well, the, the venues are, are where things are happening. But in terms of how things are happening, it, it's all about being relatable and people being able to get involved with the, the experts that we've got coming and for them to be able to you know, share their stories, warts and all, if you like, you know, not just be 
the glossy Instagram versions of themselves, but yeah. the people that make mistakes and learn from them and yeah. get things wrong sometimes. So. Yeah, and you'll you'll hear at some point we've got some interviews that we're going to be releasing clips from, and there's just a brilliant one with Ben Atkinson where he says, "No one sees when I can't catch my horse from the muddy field and bring it in because it just won't come." You know, it it doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't say this. I'm I'm saying the next bit is just because you're famous and amazing at things doesn't mean your horse will come in for you when you want it to. <laughs> you know, it's so relatable. It is, and it's also so relevant. A lot of the people that I've spoken to, and it's part of one of the reasons that I wanted to do the show in the first place the podcast is because I think especially with online and Instagram culture it's very easy like you tend to just see the end result in an image of like the rosette and and the accomplishment you don't see necessarily the underpinning of all the hours and years of work that that's taken to get there and not just that I think as well especially with the professionals when you do only see a glossy media image of that professional exactly what Ben's touched upon it's it's very much they feel very very far removed and sometimes yes. even just speaking to people, like I speak to people on the show and, you know, you can be a little bit intimidated almost by somebody. And, and those are the people, especially that I've found, they're just absolutely, everybody's just a human being. Everybody's really nice, but it's just overcoming that barrier. Because like you say, in a media shot, in a photograph, in reading an article, it doesn't always come across. But sometimes like visually and verbally and, and, and meeting people in, in a much more sort of close way, it, it does, it really gets that point across. And it's, it's very amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And some of the things that we've started to share already on our social media are our our own personal journeys and the challenges that we've found with horses. You know, whether whether it's a bit of, I've had a bit of loss of confidence at the mountain block recently. And so, you know, we're searching for, uh, there's lots of other people who have something similar. So, you know, we're searching to make sure we've got experts that, that can relate to and can add value and help you understand what you're going through, whether it be confidence based or whether you've discovered Covered, like Heidi has recently that um one of her horses got ulcers and you know what do you do about it and you know how do you access the expertise and take things forward so there are lots of things that we all want to know about and we don't want anyone to feel we want to create a space where people feel they can ask any question and not feel judged because sometimes the horse world in some places can can be a little bit judgmental and and like oh you don't know that Um, and we want it to be a place where it doesn't matter what you experience how much you know you can ask a question that's relevant for you and get a good answer definitely because there is like you say there's so much negativity and it sounds like an amazing open forum for people because I think as well it's very easy to do that over a computer and I think in the last 12 months that's all we've had the option to do whereas that would never happen in you know it just wouldn't in a face-to-face environment and it's it's good for people to come together and to be yeah feel like they're in a safe environment to be able to discuss everything that you've said and more yeah yeah absolutely and that leads us on actually um we'll perhaps do just a little teaser that one of the things because we realize that so many people are on digital platforms these days and we are have all learned to learn online perhaps more than we ever thought that we possibly would and uh, we will be out of this um we want our horse tribe to be um really well looked after with really well curated information so that they can make great choices and and build their understanding about themselves as riders and, and their horses or the horses that they have access to so in the future we will be doing a digital membership 
um, for our horse tribe. So watch this space. Horse Festival will not just be a festival in the future. It will also have an online space too that you can join. We've got loads of loads of learning opportunities that are going to be taking place at yeah. the festival and mm. and, um, and having you know, been able to access those later on is definitely in the plan. Yeah. I don't want to bring it up because COVID's just dreadful and I'm sick of talking about it in every way. But um, <laughs> is that impacting on you guys at the moment with your planning or sort of have you had to make any allowances for the year we've had? Yeah, well, actually, interesting. Well, we started talking about this before COVID was a thing, um, but we have been planning it, always knowing about COVID. And the great thing, as Heidi said, about Western Park is having so much space mm-hmm. that we can take the event industry's latest uh, uh, guidelines, which are being updated all the time, and we can make sure we've got space to socially distance without losing the fun aspect. Uh, we can put in, you know, all of the hygiene um, elements that we need to make this. We, and we've got a great icon on our website. We're a COVID safe festival and we've actually just got industry accreditation for what we're doing in terms of our planning for it being a COVID safe festival. So we've got all of that sorted. Um, and so it will be a great space um, to come and, and feel safe. And if for any reason it can't go ahead because of you know, the vaccination's not mm-hmm. happening in time or further lockdowns and we just can't get together. And that will impact everybody in the events industry and, and in the hospitality industry, not just ourselves. So if it if it comes to um, that we aren't able to go ahead, then everyone should feel incredibly reassured. All of our ticket holders will have their tickets carried over or they can have a face value refund. So it's, um, you know, it's a we want to reassure everyone it's a no risk. Bye goal is that it's a really immersive immersive weekend experience so you arrive friday set up your tent bob into the um into the festival village have a bit of food listen to some music um chill out maybe do a quiz um, and then spend two full days of um being immersed in in all things horse there will be shopping at horse fest but it's not the absolute focus it's um, so shopping's there as part of the offering rather than being a major draw. It's it's more, I guess, more of a, a kind of a rounded, rounded experience with the learning being absolutely centre. Um, so we're, we're, we're different in that sense. And I think also if you look at where other people in the, the horse tribe go, it tends to be to some of the amazing, fantastic events such as badminton and burley. Um, and obviously there they're going to watch um, competitions um, and so the experts and the riders who are at those competitions, actually, they're there to compete. So though what they do is really, really entertaining, it's not specifically aimed at the audience. Whereas with Horsefest, everything that the riders and the experts do is for the benefit of the people that come. So, again, we're slightly different there. Um, when we were coming up, we were conceiving the idea of Horsefest, one of the key drivers for us was not to compete directly with anything else that's already in the calendar. We think there's plenty of space for every for people to go to all of those things and also come to Horsefest as well and find that it's something different and it sounds, really fun. It sounds so exciting just from speaking to you guys about it. No, like, definitely, <laughs> definitely. And I think I really hope it does go ahead and that you don't have it because I think there'll be an awful lot cancelled this year and I've already seen people commenting and saying, oh, it'd be really nice, especially after the year that we've had and to know that you're a COVID secure festival. So if perhaps if people haven't had the chance to, to get together and things like that, it could be, yeah, such a, such a nice sort of thing for people to plan towards and to do. 
Absolutely, yeah. we hope so. <laughs> yeah, and if people want to follow us, um, and we'll be putting out more information, but we we not only talk about the festival on our social media, so we're on Instagram and we're on Facebook, but we put in um, posts about things that are relatable to our horse tribe as well. So we might cover a little bit about interesting topics, and we also talk about the festival. So if they want to follow us, find us on Instagram, which is horsefest underscore UK. And they can find us on Facebook, which is at Horsefest UK. And you've got the website as well, which is, is that horsefest.org? That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's loads of information on there. There's a holding page for the membership site. The, again, a little bit of a teaser. And that's where they can look at the tickets and the different options. Yeah. Well, look, with everything. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thank Thanks you. so much thank for the opportunity. For and yeah, we'll touch base again soon, definitely. Yeah, we'll do. Awesome. All right, have a good week. Bye. Cheers. A big thank you to Thea and Heidi for coming on and letting us know all about Horsefest. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited and I'm definitely going to be booking my tickets. Don't forget, it's held at Western Park in Shropshire from the 23rd to the 25th of July 2021. Head over to horsefest.org to get your tickets booked. Up next, we're chatting to Katie from the Equestrian Business Awards and we've got some top tips from the dressage coach. We'll be back after this short break. Hi Katie, how are you? Hiya, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for the, on the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me. We're really excited to sort of hear a little bit from you because um, you're the founder, aren't you, of the Equestrian Business Awards? Yes, I am indeed. It's something that I've been thinking about for a long, long time, for many years now. And um, yeah, I finally put it into action this year. Fabulous. We do keep seeing sort of all over social media and I know that um, I've actually nominated a couple of people myself in different categories too. We've jumped on board. So I founded the Equestrian Business Awards. It's a really nice way of acknowledging those people and those services, isn't it, within the equestrian community? Yes, definitely. I think it was exactly what the equestrian community needed, especially over, you know, the past year and how turbulent that's been. And um, a lot of small businesses have been struggling. So it's definitely, you know, something to kind of celebrate. You know, we're starting to come out the other side very slowly, slowly, albeit quite tentatively. Um, but it's brilliant to hear how many small businesses have kind of pulled together to support horse owners and each other as well which was kind of my aim, really, to um, award those small businesses um, for all the good work that's being done, you know, within the equestrian industry. Most definitely. Um, Do you want to talk us through some of the categories that you've got? Yeah, of course. Um, So we've got 14 different categories. Initially, we started off with 12. However, a couple of weeks in, um, I added a couple more. So we have everything from um, a farrier of the year to a dentist of the year, vet of the year, instructors, riding schools, livery yards, event venue, horse transport, groom of the year. We've got loads. Wow, wow, because we actually, we spoke to um, Georgina on the last episode from Pommel, um, and I understand, is it the Groom Award that they're sponsoring? 
Yes, yep. So, um, Pommel are actually our sponsors for our Groom of the Year um, award, which was, we're absolutely delighted to have them on board. They're an up-and-coming brand, they're a small business as well, um, who, like I said, they're on, on the way up, becoming more and more popular. And I feel it's just as much about supporting small businesses as well and what we can give back to them as an organisation. Um, so, it's very much like a two-way process. That sounds fantastic. It really does. Um, also, we were we were chatting to um, Samantha Osborne, and um, she's one of our brand ambassadors. And we understand that she's um, come on board as um, is it on the judging panel? Yes, she is. Yep. So she's uh, joined the team um, as part of um, our judging team, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm so excited to have her on board, which, you know, I'm really looking forward to working with her. Um, so she will be judging uh, the Groom Award. We've got uh, five judges so far on board and we are looking to recruit um, a couple more, uh, preferably somebody with uh, veterinary experience and also experience working as um, a equine dentist as well. Ah, right. OK, that sounds really interesting. So if anybody's interested in um, becoming a judge, do they just contact you sort of on Instagram or via the website? Yes, yep, you can uh, contact the Equestrian Business Awards either via the website. On our webpage, we've got um, a whole page dedicated to becoming a judge, lots of information on there. It's a really great way of um, elevating yourself within the industry um, and sharing your expertise and being able to network um, as well. And um, you can also contact us via Instagram or through our Facebook page as well. That's fantastic. And when is it that nominations close? How long have people got to get the nominations in? So the nominations close on the 1st of April, so um, just before midnight on the 1st of April. Uh, then following that, we have our shortlisting period. On the 4th of June, our finalists will be announced for each category. And then we have our judging period throughout August. And then on the 22nd of October is our awards gala. At this stage, we've had just under 4,000 uh, nominations. Wow. In what, eight weeks it's been? Um, yeah, the response has been been brilliant so we've had people who have been nominated from all the way up the highlands of scotland all the way down to uh cornwall it will be a black tie event the three course dinner the awards presentation and then entertainment afterwards so if anybody wants to nominate um they can head over to the website is that correct and um, yes so if you head over to uh, www.equestrianbusinessawards.co.uk um, we have a web page where it gives you more information about all the different categories um, and then um, if you just click the link it will take you through to our nomination page where you can just fill out a quick form of who you're nominating uh, which category and why you're nominating them. Ah, fantastic. So if anybody's got somebody that they want to nominate or they've got in mind like an instructor or like Katie said, any transport companies, etc., things like that, do head over and have a look at all the different categories and make sure that you get your nominations in for the 1st of April. So next year we are looking to expand to have a regional award for each region of the UK and then culminating in the uh, national award. I mean, obviously we've had to do stuff slightly different this year because of the uncertainty of COVID, which is why I went and did it nationally to begin with. But next year will be done regionally with a gala for each region and then those finalists um, and winners of those kind of regional awards will have the opportunity to go through to the national award. 
Ah, that sounds fantastic. So definitely sort of head over to the equestrianbusinessawards.co.uk and check out all the details, guys, and do follow them on Instagram and Facebook and everything to keep up to date with what's going on in the future. I'm just so excited. And, you know, like I said before, it's brilliant hearing, like, how the whole industry has kind of pulled together, how they've overcome challenges, how they're supporting each other. And I do read each and every one of the nominations that comes through. It's an absolute joy to read, which I know sounds really cheesy, but it really has been absolutely fantastic. And it is just what our industry and our small businesses need to really give them the boost. Like you say, after sort of the year that everybody's had and, you know, it's a really nice way for everybody to get involved and to, like you say, show that bit of love and appreciation to the people that, you know, have worked so hard and tirelessly within the industry over the last, well, 12 months and, and, you know, before then, I'm sure as well yeah definitely I mean there there is light at the end of the tunnel so I hope you can carry on supporting each other and you know we'll all be able to navigate a way out of this and kind of hopefully network with each other and and kind of get to know each other and support each other more which is brilliant that sounds absolutely fantastic Katie we'll definitely look forward to keeping up to date with you and like we do keep saying please guys get your nominations in before the first of April (laughs) Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. You too, thank you. Hi, this is Katie, the founder of the Equestrian Business Awards. Our nominations are open until the 1st of April 2021. If you know a farrier, riding school, riding instructor, equine therapist, horse transporter, all lots of different categories that we have on our website, then you can nominate them at www.equestrianbusinessawards.co.uk forward slash enter. Training tips with the dressagecoach.com. Hi guys, Maddie from The Dressage Coach here bringing you your top tips. So um, this time I thought I would do something for the little more advanced riders. Um, So I'm going to give you top tips for riding the Traver. So the Traver is first seen in a medium test um, and it's a great exercise for um, getting balance, suppleness and engagement with your horse. Uh, You can ride it in walk, trot and canter, um, although in a test it's only ever asked for in trot. Um, So my top tips are that uh, the Traver is ridden on four tracks with an angle of approximately 35 degrees. Now, that's with the horse looking down the track uh, with its quarters in off of the track. So the shoulders and the head and neck are looking in the direction you're travelling in and you have got the quarters coming in off of the track and you're travelling down that long side. Um, The shoulders need to continue to go straight down that track. um, So you need to keep them moving along there. You never come away from it. Uh, The horse needs to be looking in the direction it's going. It mustn't look to the outside. Um, You will need a little inside flexion and bend in order to achieve this and keep the suppleness and keep it going smoothly. 
Uh, rhythm must be maintained throughout the travers. Um, but sometimes when the suppleness and balance are lacking, your rhythm can become a little disrupted. So you need to keep working on getting that horse looser and more supple and most importantly, more around that inside leg. Um, really importantly, guys, with the travel is the rider needs to stay central. So what we see um, as a very common fault with riders in the travel is that they collapse to one side and that's really not going to help your horse. So when you're riding this, focus on sitting nice and tall and very equally and that's really going to help you. Uh, now, what I wanted to cover here is that um, a travers classically um, is on three tracks, um, but it's no longer seen uh, in dressage as a travers if it's only on three tracks. However, I find it a really useful way to start to teach travers. Um, so once your horse has mastered three tracks, um, then you can start to ask for more angle and go up to that four. Um, and just note that a travers in walk and canter is a great way to start preparing your horse for pirouettes in walk and canter. So it's a bit of fun to have a play with. Um, also, the travers is really helpful for training your half passes. So, guys, have a little go, have a little look. Um, if there's anything else you'd like to know, um, don't hesitate to get in touch with me at the Dressage Coach. Um, also, if you're a member of our hub, you can go on and have a look and there is all sorts of tips and advice on the Traver on our members hub. Um, right, guys, that's the tip for today. So if there is anything you would like covering in this tips section, um, either drop me a message at the Dressage Coach or get in touch with the wonderful guys at the Horse Feed and we will get that done for you. See you soon, guys. Join the Dressage Coach Hub today and become a member of our exclusive community just for riders, only at thedressagecoach.com. Big thank you to Katie for coming on and telling us all about the Equestrian Business Awards. Do not forget to head over to the equestrianbusinessawards.co.uk to get your nominations in. It's free to nominate and obviously it's a really good way of showing support to all these equestrian businesses that have worked so tirelessly over the past 12 months. Also, a massive thank you to Maddie for another brilliant training tip. You can check out thedressagecoach.com online at any time. It's a fantastic hub with so many resources for every level of rider. As always, thank you very much for joining us for today's episode. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram over at the Horse Feed UK. And until next time, we'll see you then and happy riding. Hello, baby. This episode of the Horse Feed UK podcast was produced by me, your host Sam, with a big thank you to Amy Bolin for co-hosting the intro segment. Our current cover star is Steelo Blue Native. A great way to support our show right now is to head over to the website thehorsefeeduk.co.uk, check out our merchandise and enter one of our brilliant photo competitions.